Hello, and welcome to the Stuff I Like podcast with me, Sherry. So what I thought I'd talk about today is how I'm planning on doing generational wealth for Little Bun. I've sort of lightly touched upon this in the past because I'm still sort of figuring out what I think might be useful for him and what is reasonable considering how much I have saved, how much I think I will have invested, depending on how long I work. Because as you know, I'm a freelancer, so my income is not guaranteed. If I decide that I'm going to commit to a big amount of money, I have to be sure that it's not going to impact my own elder care as I get older. Because one of the really, really big things that I want to do for Little Bun is to make sure that he will never have to pay for me. That is the number one thing above all else, besides giving money, besides gifting anything, him getting the house in the end because it's really just the two of us and he's an only child. I just want to make sure that he will never have to ever pay for me. And by that, I mean elder care, right? So nursing homes, I have to price out how much a nurse would cost. I have to think, okay, if I have to move to another home, maybe something smaller, I'd have to also set aside money to make sure I can sell the home and, you know, do all that sort of thing, that sort of planning that goes into making sure he doesn't have to pay for me. And that's because I know that sooner or later, it's going to come to the point where I'm going to have to pay for my parents. Bit of a background, basically, they don't save anything. They're not very good at investing. And even though I've tried in the past over a decade now to get them to invest and so on. They just haven't listened to me. And had they done what I had said 10, 15 years ago, they would have a lot of money now. But they just, for them, the lottery is the investment. So that's all I'm going to say on that topic. So that's why this is so important to me, because I know that I have to pay for my parents' elder care, and I don't want Little Bun to have to pay for my elder care. So that's my number one gift for him. Above all else, he will not have to pay for me. I will cut out cash gifts and whatever else I'm planning on doing as long as I cover my own retirement, my own elder care, hiring a nurse if I have to to come by part-time if need be, hiring cleaners, whatever it takes, I'm making sure that he will not have to worry about any of that financially. So if he makes a lower income, which he probably will, I'm not you know, thinking that he's going to make as much as me, he probably will make a more reasonable salary, then I think I don't want him to be burdened with having to cut out some of his lifestyle just to cover me, if that makes sense. Basically, I'm planning for worst case scenario at this point. <laughs> That's what this is. So if I've budgeted that I will have all of that money to help me pay for my elder care as I get older, but I've also thought about what I'm going to pass on to him afterwards, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to have more than enough to do both. The thing is, I don't want to wait until he's 50 or 60 when I kick the bucket and then he gets the money because what's the point then, right? I mean, I, he needs the money when he's younger. I can think of when I was in school and I could have really used that money to clear my student debt had my parents had it. And if they had it and didn't help me, I don't know how I would feel about that. I think in hindsight, I think that it ended up being better for me that they didn't pay for anything for me because I became super, super independent and I'm really good with money right now, but he's going to have that generational wealth of knowledge where I'm going to teach him about investing and saving and budgeting. He's not going to fall for the same tricks that I did into the same traps of overspending beyond what you could actually afford or thinking of your student loans as free money, which I'm sorry to say that's what I thought of at the point 
because it just never occurred to me. Nobody mentioned it to me. Nobody said anything. So I just kind of wandered along life as a child would at 19 with all this money that they lend to you without kind of realizing how much it would be to pay it back afterwards. So that's the second most important piece that I'm going to pass on in terms of generational wealth. It's teaching him about budgeting, about income, about spending, about being wise about your money. So enjoy your money, but make sure that you have enough to cover what you want to enjoy. Cover the basics. Make sure that you're safe and you're secure and then do whatever you want with your money, which is exactly the way that I approach my money. Now, he may not follow any of this. Frankly, he may go off the rails and decide to YOLO on life and just spend every penny. But based on his personality, I don't think that's going to happen. He's pretty good at being conscientious. He's quite careful. I think that I don't have anything to worry about in terms of his personality leading him down the garden path of overspending and that sort of thing. So as a result, I'm pretty sure that no matter what income he earns, he's going to be under and he's going to save quite a good chunk for his own retirement without needing any help from me. So whatever I give him at this point is probably going to be a bonus, which is exactly the way I want it to be. So one of the things that I have been doing is I set up an RESP, a Registered Education Savings Plan. Please ignore the S in this RESP. It's not necessarily savings as it should be investing. This is where I think the marketing for these plans is just horrific at the government level. Because I can tell you, if you're saving $2,000 a year to get your government match for the RESP in Canada, you're just going to have $2,500 a year times 10. That's not enough to cover even one year of full living and tuition away from home. Yes, it's a nice chunk of money, $25,000, but it's not enough because... If you think about the cost of rent in the future, if you think about the cost of tuition, which for us is already quite cheap in Quebec, I think we pay something like five or seven grand a year, but in some other provinces, it goes up to 10, 15,000, depending on the degree that you're taking. And then there are books, then you have the laptop that you all need. I mean, this stuff really adds up over time. Plus there's food, plus there's living. I mean, $25,000 will go by in a blink in the first year. But had you taken that 2,500 and invested it with about a 6% return, in about 10, 20 years, you would have more money. You would have actually about $73,000 investing about 2,500 a year for about 18 years at 6% return. So 73,000 sounds a lot better than 25,000. It still may not cover everything, but it's gonna cover a hell of a lot more than $25,000. So that's the reason why you shouldn't just save the money in the RESP. Same thing as retirement. You have to invest it. And of course, I'm a huge fan of low-cost index funds, as always. I will dabble a little bit in stocks here and there. And some of them have done quite well for me, Apple, for instance. But to be honest with you, that's just money I can, quote-unquote, afford to lose. The bulk of my money is not in that. It's in index funds. But this is not an investing episode. This is more just to tell you, don't just save money for your kid's education. You have to invest it as well. So back to his RESP. I'm doing the $2,500 a year, or at least I did for the first, I think, seven years. And then I just max out the plan. So now all of his money is sitting in there growing at an average, I hope, of 6%. 
and a max out on an RESP plan is $50,000 per child. So if you have the means and you're able to set aside the money now, you might want to weigh between the cost of, hey, let's just dump all that money in, forget the government grant that comes to you when you input $2,500 a year, and just let the money as a big nest egg sit and grow for the next 18 years. I did the math and it worked out better in terms of a return than to wait for a $500 grant from the government. In fact, I think we get slightly more because we're in Quebec. But if you think about it, in the first year, it's a great return. You're putting in $2,500 and you're getting about $650 back from the government. That's a 26% return just in the first year alone. But as this nest egg grows and grows, $500 to $650, it's a drop in the bucket versus the thousands that you have invested. For instance, if I had $10,000 invested in his RESP at the time, and I got a $650 amount of money from grant from the government, that's 6% of a return. It's not 26, right? Because it doesn't scale in terms of getting the grant from the government. The government just gives you a flat amount to help you with your RESP each time you contribute $2,500 a year, but they don't scale it up to 25% of a return each year that you put in more and more money. So I think it was around the age six or seven, I can't remember, that I decided to just put in the rest of the money and be done with it. So that's what I'm doing right now. So I've covered that he will never pay for me for elder care. I've covered that I will make sure that he has investing in financial knowledge. All the stuff that I never had when I first started out that would have been very handy not even at his very young age, I mean, even at 18, had you set me down and just given me a quick little Coles note overview of money, budgeting, income expenses, I would have been so much farther ahead. But, you know, this is all a learning process. I didn't really learn anything about my money until I was 23, which is still very young. And thank goodness I, you know, decided to take the reins on that. But you are never too old to take charge of your money. Even if you're 40 years old, you're 50 years old, there is still time. There is still time. I mean, you still have over a decade left of work to go to catch up and to make your situation better than what it was before. And of course, the third part of what I'm helping Little Bun with is his RESP, which is a major chunk because there is an expectation, again, generational wealth, and cultural expectations that he will go to university. And if he decides not to go, that's also okay for me, but he has to be able to make a living. If he decides to go into a trade, that's fine. He may be mechanically inclined, and frankly, I see him kind of building things. Maybe he's going to be great at that, and maybe he's going to make a lot of money, and maybe he won't. The only thing he has to do is make sure that he can live on whatever income that he is making, and he is doing something that he enjoys. That's all I want. And this is not just me speaking. I actually truly mean it. Because there's no point in your kid, let's say, becoming a surgeon or a lawyer, but then waking up and hating every single moment of their life. It's just not worth it. And that's the reason why generational wealth exists in my mind, is to give your kid the opportunities that you didn't have and a better life because of it. Other things I thought about doing for him are just straight up cash gifts. So let's say he wants to buy a used car after he gets his driver's license. I'm willing to fund 50% of his car or I don't know. I'm going to figure it out when we get to that point. Maybe he pays for the whole car and then I cover the insurance. I don't know. 
I haven't figured it out completely because I don't know what would be the most useful for him. I don't know what cars are going to cost in the future. Already a used car is going you know, out of control in terms of cost. Will he be able to afford anything? I don't know. Maybe, like he said in his recent budget, maybe he'll just take the bus. <laughs> That's what he decided on when he said, I'm going to spend all my money on food and take the bus. Who knows if that's going to change as he gets older, probably. But I am thinking of helping him with things like that. And obviously, we are planning on traveling sometime in the future as he gets older, as we save up more money after we buy the house and all that other stuff. But my plan is that his RESP will have over 100K by the time he's ready to go to school. And he's nine years old now. So that's already covered. And what I'm thinking I might do is I want to max out his TFSA when he turns 18. So right now it's 6,500 a year. I will max mine and his out by transferring the margin account money over into his account and my account at the same time. And that TFSA max out, I was thinking would go on until he tells me to stop. <laughs> Maybe he might never tell me to stop. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll surprise me. But I think I want to get him started on some sort of investing something or another in his TFSA. And obviously, if he picks up a job at 16, he can then contribute to an RRSP. And maybe I'll do something with that as well. But I'm not sure. I do think I would like him to get a job because I found it very helpful to get a job and to have my own money to earn it, to understand what it took to earn that kind of money at minimum wage every hour that I worked <laughs> schlepping food. <laughs> And I think I also picked up a lot of organizational skills because you had to plan to be at work at 5 o'clock to work until 10 p.m. at night, cleaning and everything after the restaurant closes. And you also have to get all of your projects done. You didn't just spend your weekends doing nothing, you know? So my partner is against him getting a job. He thinks that's going to be too much. I'm for it. I guess we will see what Little Bun decides when he gets older. And I'm going to push him more towards getting a job so that he feels the kind of change in himself as an adult or becoming an adult to earn his own money, which I think is very important. And then, of course, life events. I don't want to say marriage. Maybe he might never get married. But if he meets somebody, a life partner and whatever else, I'd like to gift something to them. Maybe when, if, when or <laughs> so many variables. They buy a home, I'd like to help with the down payment. If they need anything, I'd like to help with the money, right? If I can, because obviously I can't plan for if I get sick and if I need that money for myself, but I'd plan to give him all this money and I'm sick and I need it for myself instead, I'm going to take care of myself so that he doesn't have to worry about me. Remember, number one rule is he will never have to pay for me. Then the rest is gravy. And obviously, he'll get other experiences too, like us traveling. So we are planning on traveling abroad sometime in the past next few years. So he will also have that wealth of information and experiences to be able to travel abroad with his parents. And we pay for everything, which I really enjoyed when I was younger, the few times that I did go abroad. Aside from that, I was thinking maybe I would also gift him or max out his FHSA, which is the first home buyer's plan. Or is it FHBA, BP? I don't know what it's called, but it's the Canadian home buyer's plan. You can max it out to 8,000 a year to a maximum of 40 grand, I think, starting at the age of 18, but you have to use it within five or 10 years, something like that. 
And that's in addition to maxing out his TFSA. So I'm looking at maybe $15,000 a year of wealth transfer when he turns 18. And then that drops down once I max out the first home buyer's plan in the next four years or so. So then it will end up being that I just do the TFSA after year four, so after he graduates university. And then maybe he wants to start a business. I don't know. I don't know what he has planned for his future, and he even doesn't know what he wants to do. So I just want to be flexible and not be so set in, okay, I have to reach this goal. I have to make sure I max out his TFSA and his uh, first home buyer's plan and all this other stuff. These are ideas that I have, and things might change. So the only things that I think are super important are the three that I listed earlier which are, again, he will never have to pay for my elder care, number one. Number two, he will have generational wealth in terms of knowledge transfer on how to manage his money, how to invest it, and set him up correctly in terms of thinking about his money and spending it happily and wisely the way that I wish I was taught when I was younger. And then the last one is already in progress. It's the RESP that I maxed out for him that will be over 100K by the time he's 18, which may or may not cover everything, to be honest with you, depending on where he goes. But it'll be a good chunk towards paying the bulk of the costs. Then the rest is just gravy. We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, he'll get all the money when I pass. And all things considered, I am planning on leaving a pretty big estate because I will be spending my money now as I have been, but I'm also making a lot of money. So, I mean, I think I estimated that I will have about six to eight million, higher end 10 million by the time I turn 65. That is more money than I know what to do with in that sense. So, I am planning on not having that much. I'm going to have still a good chunk at the end. I'm not planning on anything crazy like I have to spend everything down to zero, right? I'm going to make sure that I have enough money to cover for anything that happens after I turn 65 because you just never know and the house will be paid and then we will see. But in the meantime, so that I don't reach having 10 million at the end, I'm going to be giving away money early on like now when he turns 18 and so on, so that I drain my wealth in advance and he also benefits from it. I mean, worst case scenario, there's no money at all at the end, but he at least has the house because that will for sure be paid. So, I mean, he's going to be pretty lucky, to be honest with you. I wish I had that kind of foresight in my parents to not have to worry about money and so on. But in hindsight, it really helped me understand my money and to create a plan for myself so that now I'm passing on generational wealth. And that's what I plan on doing with Little Bun. So that's it. That's all I had to talk about today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.